0: Hello, welcome to our
1: podcast. Hello, good morning, it's Jen. Hi, it's Tim. Another Sunday morning. How beautiful. A few weeks have passed since our last podcast, (laughs) which, you know, we we sit and we talk on a regular basis about what are we going to do our podcast about this week. And of course, we have like 70 on the queue right now with so many different topics. And then, you know, we sit and we talk in the morning before and we say, well, how about we talk about the relevance of what we have going on around us right now? And as we sit and think about the fact that we haven't done a podcast because our life gets crazy at times. Um, You know, I had a men's retreat last weekend. We weren't feeling well. We had work going on. You know, so many different things that the weeks skate by so quick. And we figured we would do this week's podcast on meditation and getting present. Love Um, it. One of the things that, you know, uh, in my men's retreat weekend, we sat around at the fire and we did what was called checking in on self. And I was about the third person to go and I was listening to everybody else speak and they were talking about, you know, physically, like going a body scan head to toe and talking about the aches and the pains and what they were feeling. And here I come in and I go off onto an emotional setting and and I come to the realization that I do not check in with my physical. Um, so often, what happens is I bypass all those aches and pains that I have gathered up over the years and just normalize them and there 's this you know constant like a, like a dismal feeling sometimes when you wake up in the morning and you 're achy and you 're hurting, and immediately the mind goes right to don't think about it. Yeah. You have to go up and it's do... It's such
0: an abandoning of self. Yeah. It's such an abandoning of self. It's such a it's such a really negative message to give to your body.
1: Yeah. yeah. And it's, it happens on such a regular basis. And that's just the physical stuff. Yeah. And then let's get into the emotional stuff. You know, where there's so many times that, you know, we have... As, as a masculine man, you know, it's like pull up your big boy panties and, you know, just so pull up your bootstraps and get out there and do. And it's like you, you overlook so many of the emotional feelings that so many things take place during the course of the day. Yeah. And you just bypass those feelings. All right. So let me keep stuffing. Let me keep stuffing. Yeah. Let me keep abandoning yeah. myself and perpetuating that childhood trauma. Of the first initial abandonment, you know, yeah. and then going through, you know, my mother dies, my father dies, and I don't even get in tune with the feelings, you know, that I have going on, you know, going back to the early ages of my grandmother passing away, you know, my first dog passing away and not feeling the emotions and abandoning myself, not getting into what is actually taking place inside, you know, and I I find myself just running from one thing to the next. Um, And, you know, one of the the best parts about this this weekend was this past weekend was the fact that we did a 45 minute solo on the top of uh, Chimney Mountain in the Adirondacks. And we sat there with self. Mm. And it was just so, you know, so incredible to just meditate. In that state, up on the top of a mountain, in the most serene, beautiful environment, beautiful, you know, scenery, and just sitting there, and it's almost like being forced. Well, I was just—I was just going to
0: say that. That's that's so funny that you're saying that. I was just thinking that in my head as I was listening to you, how sad it is in the sense that we need to be forced to do that right and how beneficial it is i was just thinking that exact thing when you were saying it that we have not been shown as children you know the way to do that the way to sit with self the way to feel our feelings we're just taught to constantly abandon ourselves. and this you know it was reminding me of the um that youtube special that we watched with gabor and Dr. Ch- Chatterjee, 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 um, and how it made so yeah. much sense about you know having all those adept- adaptations you yeah. know from childhood, yeah. yeah, and how really that's what we're all doing, yeah, right because we yeah. were not taught to just sit with self and to think about our feelings and to you know co regulate with our parents. Now maybe there's some of you out there listening that might have done that. I don't know if you'd be listening to a podcast about. Uh, A relationship healing from childhood trauma. But, you know, in some sense, we all have childhood trauma, all of us. And there's just a wide spectrum. Some have, you know, quite a bit more, some have a minuscule amount, but all of us are a product of our childhood.
1: Yeah.
0: In one way or another, there's some type of event that's going to cause you to adapt to your environment. Um, You know, of course, there's the, I don't know, I would love to find out these numbers. If anybody has it, please email it. Um, about, you know, who and how many of us fall into the category of a securely attached, you know, I know some numbers I think is like a really, we've talked about it before, really like what, 35% like of, you know, if the parents are, you know, there for 35% of you, know something like that, you know, in some studies that were done that you can develop that more secure attachment. Um, yeah which of course made me feel terrible when I read that because I'm like, <laughs> I all have it needs no, is no security attachment whatever, the most insecure attachment you can imagine. Um, so, um, you know, so all of us are running on these adaptations of our childhood yeah. in some sense, you know, even the securely attached, you know, we, that's how we form these protections and, you know, our instinct to survive. Um, and our brains are always trying to protect us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but when we, Are little and our parents are not appropriately nurturing and co-regulating with us, which I would say is a majority. I don't know. Um, We end up just living life in the society that we're in in the United States, where it's just a very dog eat dog world. Yeah. Um. You know, just you know, move on. You know, pull up your big girl pants. I, as a you know, a feminine, I've I've heard the same thing. Um, and we don't get a chance to honor our bodies. You know, we're yeah. constantly abandoning ourselves. Um, and in some cases, in cases of mine and yours, where we grew up in an extremely dysfunctional um, childhood and there was alcoholism
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and addictions of sorts, and, and it both, you know, parents being immature, you know, you really don't have um, any good teachings. Yeah, And yeah. having to reparent yourself as an adult which is what we've been doing, um, is pretty hard. It's pretty tough Absolutely. in the society that we're living in. You yeah. know, it doesn't give you the time. So like as you were saying about being forced, you know, I was so happy that you were going to do this men's retreat. It made me so happy. Um, and I was so happy to hear that it was such a positive experience. But we need to choose these things, yeah. right? Yeah, um, And that's, that's also difficult you know, living in this world, in this society where everything is so rushed and everything is so busy. Um, my whole life changed with meditation and I still don't do it enough.
1: Yeah. I still don't choose it, you know,
0: as much as I should. And, um, you know, sometimes, you know, when it's working better, it's like, I'll pick those small ones, those five or seven minute ones and like either in the morning or at night. Right. And I'm like, I can, I could, and I like have to to put that on just so that I can think that I can fit it in. What's five or seven minutes, yeah. you know? Um, this weekend we went to, actually yesterday we went to a meditation, a different one for the first time, and it was fabulous. Yeah. It was so fabulous. We, You know, we both got so much out of it. And every time I go to a meditation, a guided meditation, um, I always take so much out of it. Yeah. So much, but yet I'm not you know, I'm not in the place where I'm finding that all the time. I mean, for a multitude of reasons, first of all, you actually have to search them out. You know, the one that was here, you know, where we live and somebody that we really, you know, fell in love with and respect so much that had a real, real knack um, for meditation and guiding meditations, you know, ended up moving out of here and not, you know, not doing them anymore. And after we had really gotten comfortable and that made that a regular practice of ours and it really fit into our schedule, um, it's probably been like at least a year now, maybe less than a year. yeah, closer you know, Eight we months. haven't been doing it, so now we're searching out you know, meditations, and we have to drive a little bit, but yeah, you know, it's okay.
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: but it's still not so easy. This isn't something that's so easy, you know, that you can find constantly. Um, so yeah, you
1: know, and you know, one thing I was thinking is, you know, doing individual meditation is so huge you know it, and it, it's like what do they say it's like if you say that you don't have enough time for a 2 minute meditation you should really double it yeah um, no i
0: know I, I should have said the live meditations yeah. which i really respond well yeah, to yeah, and yeah. i apologize as i was and, thinking about that in my head you know we we do the um the taped guided meditations which are really readily available Yeah. and that was what i was meaning about like not really choosing as much but these guided meditations where there's a live
1: group yeah um
0: some of the med- you know the meditators are um reiki you know certified yeah or in some way there's other things going on and it's always been extremely healing to me. Plus you're in a community with energy. I, yeah, that's what I was just saying. That, that type of to, setting makes... has proved to be extremely good. Everybody's going there for the same reason and then you're yeah. joining energies in such a beautiful way. And that yeah. has proved to be really helpful to me. But obviously, and I, and I have
1: to say, you know, the same exact thing. You know, when I've done, you know, regular meditations, you know, through one of the, and multitude of apps, you know, done the, the guided meditations where somebody is speaking or even in a podcast mm-hmm. you know, a situation, you know, it's good and it's nice and everything. But what I find is that, you know, that group mentality when it comes down to meditation, the meditation usually is wonderful in person. Um, But then it's that communication after the fact, that human interaction after Mm -hmm. the fact makes such a difference, you know, to know that we're in this together and that we're not alone and that there's other people who have either experienced what we have experienced or people that just listen and understand and hear us. You know, it's so calming and so relaxing and it feels so...
0: Co-regulation.
1: Exactly.
0: Everything we missed when we yeah. Were kids. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, I, I go back to, you know, what you were talking about, you know, secure attachment and having that 35, 35% of that interaction with parent to child will give you that secure relationship. You know, but nobody is above and beyond suffering. And I think that's where so much of the childhood um, issues come. You know, as they say, even a monk who's sitting on a cushion, which none of us are afforded this luxury. We choose. We don't <laughs> choose that pathway right now. Yeah. But it's like you know, a pet passes away. You know, you stub your toe. There's still some type of suffering that takes oh, place. Oh yeah, definitely. And as you know, with Gabor Mate's um, you know podcast with Dr. Chatterjee, it was one of the things that stuck out with me is talking about you know even being an infant or a toddler where something happens and all of a sudden at that moment. As a child, just instinctively the brain says disassociate, disconnect. Yeah. So you block out the pain and suffering that's going on. Whatever it could be. Yeah. You know, from small to big, you know, parents arguing, brothers and sisters, whatever the situation yeah. like, is. Like
0: the boy was explaining about his mom and, you know, even though they had a loving relationship, his mom going through the war and when he was an infant and being so, you know, his mother being so stressed out the first year of his life, you know, caused him to have this type of trauma. And um, that's another thing that we don't even talk about. It's not necessarily only what's happening to us in our childhood. You know, if you have a caregiver that's going through something extremely traumatic that is being passed to you and their nervous system. Yeah. So in his case, you know, that was what he was explaining and he was able to tie back some of his, you know, his addictions and his, um, his ADHD yeah. as how, yeah. how he describes it, you know, to the fact that the first year of his life, you know, his mother was extremely stressed out and that was what his little nervous system was yeah. co-regulating with yeah. in is in- formative years. Yeah. You know,
1: I think it's important where we need to have compassion and understanding, you know, nobody chooses You know, whether it be some form of mental illness or physical illness or anything like that, there, it's a lot of our childhood. You know, situations, the adaptations that bring these things upon us, you know, which even in the future, you know, he went on to talk about the fact of here we are as adults now and we abandon ourselves. We abandon ourselves. We could be putting the best things into our body food wise, uh, any type of nourishment. But if we're not taking that time to really check in with ourselves, to, yeah. uh, to honor ourselves, yep. the cortisol dump in and you know the negative emotions that take place can wreak havoc on our mental capacity and on our physical capacity because it gives that breeding ground for disease yeah. to to check in and really take over if Mm -hmm. we're not careful
0: one thing that he said um i mean the entire thing was wonderful (laughs) do you remember what it was called if we want to tell people if Um, they want to look it up it was the four it
1: was the four reasons. reasons
0: i can't remember but well we'll try to remember by the end of the podcast um but he you know he and you can look up gabor he's there's a million things that you can watch from him and everything is amazing um but one thing that he said he works on language and that was really cool you know yeah. about being more specific with our words and what they really mean and he really made a good point about how we separate the mental and physical but it's really not separate we're all one you know our bodies our minds it's all one and that you know the separation of that is not a good thing it's caused a lot of issues in you know healthcare um definitely in this country. And you could see that there was a clear difference in this country, but other countries following us in really the wrong direction. um, We need to bring it back to we are one mental and physical and we it's it's a full body thing. And definitely one of the things that him and Dr. Chatterjee, you know, both experienced in their um, practices of being like primary care physicians and not being specifically specialists, um, is that the, the ills, you know, of their patients were very much, you know, coming back to a commonplace, you yeah. know, the emotions, the relationships that they had with people and the, and I know they differed on exactly the way they describe the personality, um, personality is just the adaptations, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but covering who you actually are, the person that you are. Um, and it was really interesting to hear the what the you know, the research that Gabor had done on um Lou Gehrig and ALS and yeah. how um the personalities, the adaptations of these people were all coming back to a very similar thing. Yeah. And that they all had this, you know, this disease. And um, it really made a lot of sense to me about the chronic disease and how that's really, you know, going crazy now and, you know, really going up in numbers and that we're not taking care of our, and I'm just going to say mental health, but it is a whole body thing. You know, instead of separating the mental that we're not, you know, we're not caring for and nurturing, you know, the mental health and that is what is really wreaking havoc on our you know, diseases and our chronic illnesses going up.
1: Yeah, you know, it it makes total sense. You know, there is a physicality and there is a, you know, mental illness. You know, you go to the UK study, you know, talking about, Um, Inflammation Mm, in the body. This one really changed my life. Inflammation has nothing, you know, let me rephrase that. Inflammation (laughs) is a physical component, but the impact that the study showed how it has on the The mental mental. illness, you know, and some hard hitting illnesses, you know, mental illnesses that are affected by the physical portion of the body because there's inflammation, you know, and you don't realize because we're so quick to overlook those feelings and what we have going on. Going on it could be you know a pressure headache it could be aches and pains in the body it could be just as something as eating an inflammatory diet yeah and you know it's these are things that you might not even notice that are inside your body because it's not necessarily a pronounced physical feeling yeah but your organs are struggling yeah you know your 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 blood is actually coursing with all of this the, you know, inflammation going mm-hmm. through, which is impacting your whole body, and it really does create such a, a pressure on the brain. Yeah,
0: inflammation is the root of all disease. Yeah, you know, I know just in in from myself in my own story. Um, you know, when we first you know started practicing this lifestyle, we first got together like eleven years or so ago. Yeah. Um. You know, I was going to doctor, to doctor, to doctor, and I knew that you know my life was. A mess that I was really trying to figure things out and find some peace. And I knew that that had somewhat to do, you know, with being sick all the time. And, but there was just so much to it. And my mental health was horrendous. Yeah. It was the worst. Yeah. And I, you know, and you need to have a little bit of a balance. How do you work on your physical health? You know, say, you know, yeah. like that part of it, you're eating, you're exercising, you're moving when your mental health is so bad that you don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. And that you're so tired yeah. and that you're so, you know, In pain. I was in pain. I would wake up in pain. So, finding out, you know, from one specialist, you know, I think it was the rheumatologist, you know, that my inflammation was so off the charts, you couldn't even see it. It was so, so bad, so out of control. And really, after all the specialists, not really finding anything else, so to say, at that point before I was seeing the geneticist that led us to anything. And they kept, you know, telling me that this was, and this was a commonality with me because I had a traumatic childhood, that this was stress, that this Mm -hmm. stay away from stress, you know, (laughs) which, you know, the doctors say that to me used to get me so angry, not anymore, but, um, you know, so after that, you know, it wasn't too, too, uh, far after that, that I started taking turmeric.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then
0: you and I did the elimination diet, which was, Beyond, like yeah. we couldn't even. I Talk mean, it's such a short period yeah. of time. All of a sudden, we're glowing and yeah. you know looking ten years younger and dropping weight. Um, so obviously, that period of time really told us something. Once I changed my diet to an anti-inflammatory diet, yeah, um, no more fast food. You yeah. know, I, I don't I, I wasn't even drinking soda at that point, but I had, you know, prior to. Um, you know, of course, getting away from alcohol and cigarettes and you know, really diving into a healthy, you know, a healthy diet and taking turmeric, I started sleeping through the night. Yeah. I my inflammation went down to normal, like point oh something, which yeah, is what it should oh, be. And um and that was from like some ridiculous four point something, yeah. something crazy. I don't remember. It was really bad. So um And then my mind was so much calmer, Yeah, you know, so I could immediately tell that the inflammation and how I ate had a direct result on my mental capacity, on how much I could, um, you know, be present and, you know, not fall into the darkness constantly and, you know, the depression and the anxiety, everything was alleviated it didn't of course take it completely away this is just one piece you know it's a whole it's a whole balance you know mind and body Mm -mm. but after that that gave me the ability to start getting out there and exercising and being in nature and walking and biking and kayaking and you know taking care of myself in a different way that i didn't have the opportunity before you know because i was so inflamed so definitely yeah. food and inflammation has yeah. a huge part to play
1: yeah and you know it's like you you take a look at that you know checking into the body how You know, the body holds on to pain and suffering, holds on to emotions. Um, And these are the things that, you know, we really need to check in on a regular basis. You know, of course, you want to try and be as open and and expressive as possible, have that support community, that support group where where you can, you know, get rid of, you know, get the stuff off of your chest, so to speak, on a regular basis. And that's exactly it, you know, because like your chest holds so much of the weight of emotions and feelings you know it's not like it's just saying oh i gotta get off my chest because it's you know on my mind or it's it's physically your body holds on yeah. you know your throat your your chest your back your hips yeah you know, holding emotions and everything. You know, these are all things that we've learned, you know, when we've done yoga mm-hmm. and when we've done, you know. I was just different... thinking that
0: the hip openers are my yeah, favorite. My yeah, favorite because yoga they weeks.
1: help the emotions, you know, release and flow. And you, you don't realize it until you start doing it on a regular basis. Like, wow, what a difference that I feel. Total
0: difference. You yeah. know, where
1: you can actually. And this is that making sure that you save the space and the time to do these things. You know, and we live, you know, you know, in New York on Long Island. And it's one of those things that it's, you know, we talk about all the time. It's like a rat race. It You're going from one thing to the next. You know, you know, we have five adult children, um, but we had kids and it was sports it was school it was yeah. this it was that friends you know and it was like going from one thing to the next and we were just trying to squeeze in things for oh ourselves. i was in
0: full fledged survival mode my oh, entire absolutely my entire life before absolutely we, before we started this yes this type of living self-parenting and healing total survival mode and then of course still you know even as we go and in, in the past 11 years i've slipped back into survival many times you know that cha-cha that we do on our healing journey where it's just like i feel i feel lost i feel yeah you know like i don't have room to thrive or live that my brain just gets sucked back into the survival i'll
1: I'll take you to you know that next stage where you know i one of the hardest parts for me, you know, to to recognize and see now that, you know, causes me a little bit of, of pain and suffering emotionally, you know, is the fact that I grew up in a household that my father was, my mother and father were not there. You know, they were yeah. there physically, mm-hmm. but emotionally they weren't there. Yeah. You know, playing catch or anything like that was with my older brother. You yeah. know, that was the type of stuff that, you know, that I had. My dad was not there. I worked with my dad. That's the biggest memories that I have. You know, yeah, There might have been in my childhood, the, the hardest part is it's blocked out, you know, but those formative years, those those years that I really needed to have a secure attachment, it yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. And a lot of it was because of financial reasons, you know. Yeah. Um, so here I am, I'm going to make the difference. Now I have my own kids and I want to make sure that they're financially secure, so they don't have to worry about losing the house yeah. or the electric being shut off, yeah. so in turn, I gave them a little bit of you know a security in one sense, but in the other sense, I was never there for them yeah. you know in their earliest years, I was working two or three jobs yeah. um and then you know later on, I became you know a single dad, and I was running around, taking them from place to place. But I wasn't there for them emotionally. I neglected them. I abandoned them when they needed to have somebody just listen and hear what they have to say. You know, so it's that perpetuating of the trauma going from one ancestral keep going down down the chain, you know. And now, you know, we have Charlotte, our granddaughter, and she's over on a regular basis. And I recognize the fact that emotionally I wasn't there you know, for for Drew and Luke, and to be able to give them the emotional support that they so needed, needed that yeah. they so, it, you know, that that's just something that is is deserves right as being a human being, yeah. that they should have the love and support of a yeah. parent. You know, and I, I did the best that I could with what I had. And that's that part that I need to not be hard on myself because then, you know, where does that change stop? I you mean, go I think after? this is
0: this is that um, big, important part that people are trying to to take in and learn right now, because there are a group of us um, who have adult children who really want to make the change and be yeah. present. And it's very hard to look at yourself, to face yourself and say, shit, yeah. I did the wrong thing did the wrong thing but we we want to do it you know we don't want people to not do that this is how we change the generational trauma so how do you face yourself when you realize how wrong you did it and it's on this magnitude now we realize what was done to us what was passed to us and the enormity of that and as we're healing realize what we pass to our kids it is a heavy weight yeah but this is where there's you know multiple realities and they're true they're real we would never have chosen that. Yeah. Had we known.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. We
0: would never have chosen that. I was sixteen when my first child was born. You were twenty-two.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: Um. You know, not only were we young, we we didn't have time to self-parent. I mean, you're you're pretty much still a child at sixteen and twenty-two. Um, I look at sixteen and twenty-two year olds now, and I think, how? Yeah are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, but that's, that was the life that, that we forgive, yeah. you know, we're given this yeah. is our journeys. So we would never have chosen that had we known what we know now. Yeah. The only thing that we can do is honor that honor and respect that younger version of ourselves, and say that we're choosing to make the difference now, you know, and wanting yeah. that for our grandchildren's generation, you yeah. know, to do the best we can. And, you know, no matter what, show up for ourselves now.
1: Yeah, you know, I, you know, it's, it's so, so huge.
0: So the last thing I was thinking is for us, and we were just talking about this yesterday, maybe we could talk about a little bit about this if you want to, because this was really great when we did the meditation yesterday. And it's up to you how much you want to get into it, because it would be a little bit vulnerable to talk about some of the stuff. But, um, you know, the fact that while we were processing, giving our parents the grace,
1: yeah, you
0: know, and understanding and the compassion that even though they really did not do what we deserved, yeah,
1: they didn't yeah. give us what
0: we deserved. We deserve to have nurturing appropriately. We deserve to have, you know, learn emotional regulation, um, you know, that even though we didn't have what we needed and it caused us to have this suffering in our life. Um, we can still honor their journeys and realize that they would never have chosen that. Yeah. Right. So with that realization that they were doing the best they could, we were able to look at ourselves and give that to us because of course we want our children yeah. to understand that. Right. And that is where the healing part comes in, where we can give the understanding and compassion yeah. to our parents. And we've done mother and father wound on yeah. this podcast. Yeah. If you want to listen to it, if you haven't already, um, You know, we have some some pretty deep ones. And, you know, it's hard for me to find the compassion because I'm still in that process of being angry. Yeah. But with finding that compassion, with finding that understanding, with being able to give that grace, so to say, I can turn around and hope that that grace can be given
1: to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, I totally I totally get that. And and I don't I agree 100%. It's never too late to recognize. And I think where the big part comes in, just as you were saying about having compassion, you know, for our parents and understanding that they did not ask or want to be in the, the the place that they were i'm sure if it was given an option do you want this or would you like this it would probably <laughs> I would be like a more to be secure a good and appropriate parent yeah.
0: yeah
1: um but that that wasn't in the cards and that wasn't you know the place you know we, we don't set ourselves up but i think that fact of now being so to speak older and wiser which is what you know it's not the fact that you can't teach an old dog new tricks that's just a a BS response yeah. because people don't want to make yeah, change.
0: Absolutely. So
1: if you want to make change, you can make it happen. Absolutely. It's just the fact that you need to recognize where you want to be, what you want to do, research it, figure it out and make it happen. Yeah. You know, I want to be able to give my children the ability to say, this is how I felt. This is how your actions made me feel. And I want to validate them because no matter what I have going on inside of myself, that is an actuality for them. Absolutely. It's those the two truths. Yeah. That's their reality. It Absolutely. doesn't matter why or how, for whatever reason, I did what I did. Yeah. They were made to feel a certain way by my actions. And this yeah. goes for any relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, and we need to really take that into you know consideration of community and understanding that our actions and how what we say what we do are going to impact people. Yeah. That's fact how they were made to feel by our actions is truth our actions are truth too yeah but we just need to realize well i think
0: it reminds me of that one of my favorite quotes take responsibility for the energy you bring to the space
1: yeah yeah and that that is so so important to realize that you know so with that being said i want to be able to have the ability to listen to what the kids have to say and how my actions impacted them so that I can bring forth a healing so that they can take that healing. Absolutely. You know, and it's never too late. You know, my parents are, are gone. They both passed away. But you want to know what? I work on that relationship and going back to the meditation yesterday. That's
0: beautiful, Tim. That's beautiful.
1: It's that part of understanding Right now, I feel like the, the work is even more so because their energy still persists, yeah. even though they're physically not here, which is kind of a better thing because this, this world is a little bit crazy. You know? <laughs> That's for sure. Um, and I second re- that. Yeah. And it's very hard to get out of those societal thought processes on yeah. thinking that it's supposed to be this way or that way. Yeah. You know, and it, it's funny and I, I'm just, I'll dip into it briefly because I go back to my mom who used to read newspaper articles and this is the way that it was, <laughs> you know, you have to do this and you have to do that. Was she <sighs> into saying they say this, yeah, they say Yeah, that. well, yeah, yeah, in one form or another. I always way. wanted they, to know who they was. They, but, you know, to my mom, they was, you know, the newspaper, the newspaper, the newspaper, the news and Pat Robinson from the 700 oh. Club. <laughs>
0: I think it was pretty much the same. You know, so it's like, okay,
1: keep your things to yourself. Yeah. Um, And I'm going to research my own stuff. But, you know, of course, that didn't work very well for me either. But um, now it's like, here I am at a stage where I want to give my kids and let them be the they. Yeah. Let them make the decision on how I impacted them. Yeah. You know, and and anybody that's in my life, you know, because there are friends, there are situations. And I hate to say it, it goes for work as well. Yeah. You know, as much as, you know, we hate that four letter word, which that in itself is very hard.
0: Slaves to the machine, baby. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That'll be another podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know. But it is that, that checking in, you know, with self. And you know, getting back to the meditation yesterday, it was part of it was, you know, taking a look at somebody that there was a, a relationship that was a struggle, uh whether they were here, whether they're present and alive or whether they're deceased. But it's that fact of looking at that relationship and really getting in touch with it and letting it go disconnecting that cord that attached you to that person and of course I I brought up my mom that's you know the person that's been coming to my head so often and you know one of the things that I that I think about as I'm healing as I'm going through it, it's it's a struggle for me because a lot of the triggers in our relationship and the triggers in my past relationships are the triggers that were formulated from my mother in my childhood yeah
0: Um, And that's what relationships do.
1: Yeah, that's
0: it right there.
1: Yeah, and it's like you and you're working it to grow and to heal. You need to let go of those bonds that tie. Yeah, and really connect to self, not when anybody else is put inside of you. Because if I was to live my life that way, I would be a miserable mess, and I'd probably be dead by now because I'd still be drinking, I'd still be smoking, and doing my dip, and I probably would have died. During the COVID pandemic. Yeah. But because of the fact that I chose life, I chose to change. Yeah. And I tried putting good into my body to change the way that I look at it. Now you know, and I did the physical part first. Yeah, what yeah. food I put yeah. into my temple.
0: And it almost like you th- you were thrive. you know, in that place you thrive. Y- yeah. I was gonna yeah. say. Like it almost seemed like it came natural to you. I mean yeah. it was bam.
1: Yeah. Bam. And I focused on that and i did great you did but i didn't do the meditation and the mentalization yeah and that's where the next part comes in is that meditation of sitting with self and recognizing the deeper physical of me you know we did we did a yoga um last week we did yoga last week and it was a meditation at the end of it during Savasana and it was so huge for me where I was able to pull that light in. But the problem is it didn't fully come in, it was being blocked by a dark room. And as I pulled it in the light got brighter, got brighter, but then sweat dripped on my face, I wiped my face and whoosh, <laughs> I broke away. It was like <laughs> life came in and said, Yeah, you're not, you know, you gotta really take a look at it. Yeah. And see what status you're at. Yeah. So it is so huge in that thought process to say, man, I really need to get present with myself and stay there, not let life's distractions take me away.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking about distractions, I think we're going to take a quick break. Okay. Sounds great. And we will be
1: right back. And we're back. Oh, man. You know, distractions come up. And come around, (laughs) and next thing you know, four hours, six hours later, we're back again. Um, You know, it's it's just we have to roll with life. And I think you know, Jim, you were talking about this um, the past couple of days, you know, talking about the flow of the river. Mm -hmm. When you're in that river, if you try planting your feet and stopping you're going to get mowed over. Yeah, You need to flow with the river.
0: Yeah, and how easily you flow really gives you an idea of how you're going to experience your life. Yeah. You
1: one know? of the words that we talked about a lot in different forms in one or another was rigidity. Mm. Um, and it goes for so many different things. Opinions, thoughts, feelings, uh, perceptions. If we are just so rigid, that there is no other way of looking at something or no other way of feeling about something or no other way about conquering a task yeah that creates a lot of angst and struggle you know and it yeah. goes to the same exact thing with the meditation as I was saying I got I got sidetracked and I lost that deep connection that I had and it was feeling so good but it's that that flexibility yeah You know, the amiable, the agility to be able to change in the course, knowing that there's going to be struggle in life. Yeah. There's going to be strife. Yeah. Things are going to happen. Yeah. Do we fight it?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So everything that's coming up in me right now is thinking about control.
1: Oh, boy. Yes. You know,
0: Um, so that seems to come up a lot in the groups that I participate in and control being, you know, something that's, you know, very common and we all you know and most of the groups that I'm in are women I mean there's definitely co-ed groups but some of the more recent ones are are mostly women and um it definitely seems to be a commonality so you'll have to share if that is your experience as well with with men but I think with women in particular you know in my experience and from my own self we really try to control things and sometimes we're not even really totally aware you know what I mean of the, the control but how important it is for you know to for us to feel some type of safety I mean it's really at this point I'm really trying to figure it out I mean I think as a child my life was completely out of control yeah you know so my adaptation was to try to control what I could um, and I really didn't feel like I can control much. It, you know, I really did have a miserable, miserable childhood. Yeah. Um, I had the feeling of anxiety through my entire body. Um, I know when we met, you know, I explained to you that shortly after you had said to me, you know, we had a conversation one day and you had said to me, just rest if you need to rest. Because I was, you know, having a struggle and I was saying, oh, you know, I'm trying to run around and get things done before you get home. And you were like, you don't even have to do that. Like, you just, just see how it feels to rest, you know. And I think I did that for like a couple of days and it was like night and day, you know, at that point it was just me really taking care of myself, you know, um, and I was in a calm environment for the first time in my entire life. And that buzz inside my body that I had my entire life from a child, I never remember really not having it. Sometimes it would get turned up and it would be really bad. Um, but it went away. Yeah. It wasn't there. And, um, you know, so I didn't really, you know, I didn't, I think the things that I tried to do to control, um, when I was a child, you know, were things like coloring in the lines. I know I just spoke to you, you know, about this recently where even when I color with Charlotte, you know, and she's just beautifully coloring all over the place and, you know, she's only two, she's not going to color in the lines or, you know, and like I, it it affected me when I first saw it, you know, as we were calling together, like, oh man, okay, you know, (laughs) but so, you know, that probably was one way of me trying to control. And I shared that with somebody, another woman just recently, and they said, man, them too, you know, they felt it in that exact same way. So I thought, you know, how strange is it that we're trying to control something to appease that place in our brain that makes us feel like we have some type of handle on what's going on.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know? Oh, absolutely. And I, how
0: I, strong it can get, yeah. And in multitude of other places, obviously,
1: 100%. you know. And you know, men have very similar, you know, scenarios where it's whether it be ego, whether it be, you know, trying to keep control of the environment, safety, security, yeah. mother wound, father wound. Yeah. You know, it's like there's so many different ways of looking at it, depending on what your adaptations were yeah. from your childhood. Yeah. You know, some people, you know, their fathers made them do sports so that they can live like carously through them yeah. you know some fathers who, or mothers or fathers you know you have to become a lawyer you yeah. have to become a doctor you yeah. have to become a teacher like me you have to become yeah. whatever it is yeah. and it is that control that we we fight for and we struggle for yeah. and and it does come into that aspect of the stronger you grip on yeah. for that control yeah. the more out of control yeah. your thoughts get yeah. Your actions get, your personality gets, and that very thing that you're trying to control, you're losing control of.
0: Yeah. 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 So, a big part of my journey now is to try to reconnect with myself before those adaptations, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: this has come up so much when we've gone to the inner child meditations um, for me. I don't know exactly how it's, you know, come up for you, but that, um, you know, that place when they go to where they ask you to go back to a place where you remembered being happy. That is so hard for me. You know, go back to that place of innocence. Go back to that place of your childhood. Like, you know, when you go back in time, you know, with the ages. I have not been able to do that. You know, every... From my very first memory, you know, I was under two years old. It was fear. Yeah. And it wasn't a good memory. So I I don't have that. So when I you know, think about the ginormous task of trying to reconnect to my authentic self. It feels like a really ginormous feat for me. Yeah. You know, I not so much as lost. Some things come really natural to me, like what makes me happy, nature, you know, flowers, gardening, um, you know, butterflies, birds, any animal really, you know, that that idea of nature, trees, the sky. The sky yeah. has always been a symbol of Happiness for me. In fact, it came into my mind with the meditation recently when blue was the color and immediately it went to that blue sky with those white puffy clouds. You know, that's a really big representation of happiness to me. So some things are there and I can surround myself with that. Obviously, I'm big into gardening.
1: Yeah. 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 (laughs)
0: And things like that, you know, um, taking photographs of butterflies and birds. You know, these are things that really make me happy, you know, spending time in nature. But then there's other parts, you know, something that came up in me just recently, you know, being that I'm going on 50 and that I've never really had a career, you know, mm-hmm. before I, you know, became disabled and, you know, unable to work. I, um, I was always a waitress, you know, you didn't, I didn't have need any school or anything like that. And um, even though I felt fulfilled in that job, you know, t- to a certain extent, yeah, yeah. Um, the happy parts of it, not the unhappy parts, but try to make the best of things. Um, you know, I was always a great student. I had such I had such a, a high IQ and I, you know, I do really well in my reading and my research even to this day. But um, I never I never had a pull for a career. You know, yeah. the only thing that I remember as a little girl was, you know, my my baby carriage and having babies in it. And, you know, I always held so strong to that for so much of my life until recently when I started to think, what if that was my grooming? yeah what if that was really just my conditioning because everyone always told me to shut up yeah i was so smart i was always teaching all my cousins and everybody just you know called me bossy and told i mean really i was told to shut up and be quiet so much of my childhood you know stop asking questions you know to this day i know you know this i'm so curious right i'm always asking questions so that was always part of me you know i don't know you know i don't know what that was about you know because it's always kind of been in my head, but it wasn't until recently that when I revisited, I thought, what if you know, all those babies in the baby carriage, and that was my only pull wasn't really me. You know, what if I just didn't have that opportunity that I didn't have that pull? I remember loving writing and always wanting to be a writer. Yeah, you know, I loved singing and always wanting to be a singer. I mean, these kinds of dreams that you think are not so much as a pull for a career, just like a a dream that you couldn't accomplish, you know, something like that. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. Just wanted to visit that and see what you thought.
1: I think that's wonderful. I mean, but if you think about it, you know, your adaptations from a child, you know, being told to be quiet, sit down, don't speak, you know, you're going to go to societal thought processes and immediately you're the feminine. So you go into the motherhood aspect, you know, which I can I can understand that that part of it. You know, don't be curious, curiosity, kill the cat, you know, yeah. you know, but is that that part of once again, that meditating, taking time to check in with self, yeah. clearing out and this is that getting to know yourself getting to know the true identity, you know, that mentalization of really getting inside of self. Getting away from the adaptations that you have manifested through childhood because of what you were told and how you were treated and the whole nine yards. And then you go into the next aspect of, you know, breaking those layers away and getting to your true self. You love nature. I, I, I get so excited when I watch you start to explain and talk to different people (laughs) about the pollinator gardens, about, you know, all the different birds, all the different, you know, plants that are out there that's you getting in tune with yourself now you still have some of the adaptations from your childhood that is like you're a little bit you know quiet or reserved or isolated just as me with like the add because i blocked out so many things and i i lose focus or i lose association and i don't want to finish things but it's like when you check in with yourself you love so many things and you need to sit in meditation, be grounded in self to really kind of push all those things away yeah. that were in front of you as a child and say they don't serve you now. Yeah, they would need it then. Yeah, they would need it then. And yeah. you have to honor and respect those things. But now you get to be you yeah the authentic you
0: yeah and I, i'm curious to see you know what comes up and that's a good point because these are the thoughts that have just been coming up recently in meditations yeah, you know these yeah. thoughts in my brain you know i'm like wow maybe you know so i'm just going to keep meditating on it and yeah. get back to you on that one. i love that
1: i cannot <laughs> wait to see the outcome did of the did you
0: ever as a child feel a pull to a career of any sort you know i know i hear a lot of people talking about that and it's always really you know i've always thought about it like in my sense of not Feeling like I didn't really have that but like I said exploring the possibility that that might not be necessarily true
1: you know did you ever have that it was very very similar the the first thing I don't remember a lot of my childhood and I'm working my way back there through meditation through getting present with self yeah the first things that I can remember doing I was probably a junior or senior in high school and I sent away to jobs in Alaska
0: that's right. Yeah, And I you and know, was thinking about, about like a
1: clamming boat or because I wanted to explore. And yeah. the only reason that I wanted that is because I was so stifled at home. Mm. And I was so, you know, overprotected. I just yeah. wanted to get out of so here. So it's hard to I say to if that's somewhere. really what you wanted or... Then the only other thing that came in was to actually go to school. I wanted to become a zoologist. That's to right. become yeah. You know, take zoology to become a forest ranger. Yep. Because I love nature. I love yeah. the outdoors. And, you know, I mean, who wouldn't mind getting paid to do yeah. something that they oh, love know. to do. Oh, I We both
0: think that now, and it's funny. Now, I do remember you telling me, you know, the the thing about Alaska and about yeah. the
1: forestry. But once again, that to, was, you know, my late teens. Yeah,
0: but I'm thinking, you know, it's funny how when we first came together, our our beginning friendship and our bonding was all about nature.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: that first yeah. nature walk that we took when we were barely talking to each other, and you were cleaning up the garbage in the bag. Yeah. And I didn't know if you were trying to impress me. It just makes me laugh when I think about it, but you know, how we both really felt so comfortable in nature. And then that first date that you took me, you know, to uh, the cabin, your friend's cabin on the yeah. lake for the whole weekend. Yeah. And you just went off and left me. Oh my God. And you were crazy. like freaking out, like she's going to break her. That's it. You know, how could I leave her? And meanwhile, like, you know, I'm taking pictures of butterflies and frogs. And I did like a, you know, three mile walk around the lake by myself, you know, in the morning and I had the time of my life and that was it.
1: I was, that was so the first
0: month we got together and then that that was our relationship was yeah. really just based on camping yeah. and of course I was a scared little girl you
1: yeah. know who yeah. needed
0: uh, who needed help but you were just right there you know and now look at me you know 32 yeah. states I was and- so
1: scared uh, you know about that when I'm like you know after the fact of course you don't think about it leading up to it and I'm like oh my god what is she gonna do when I'm not there <laughs> you know and you know and of course we were on Facebook at the time and I saw, you know it was like a break in the action we were eating something and I, I went on and I saw that you had posted a picture, you know, of a frog, of in a turtle, and I'm like, Oh my God, she's loving it. This is awesome. That
0: is definitely what, you know, we can both say, even though we're still meditating and exploring on our authentic selves and who we, you know, truly are underneath all of this um, life, you yeah. know, and dysfunction of our childhoods. Um, but we can both honestly say that nature has, you know, had bonded us, brought us together, you know, really was the basis of our relationship. And still to this day, we both find such happiness in nature. Um, You know, I mean, couldn't be any better than that, really, if you ask me.
1: I can say there's so much growth in the aspect of nature for me, in the aspect that now I look at it from a totally different perspective. You know, as I used to say, I used to hunt and I would go into the woods. And what I used that for, I never killed anything. I just sat in the woods and really just really witnessed life in front of me. But I wish I knew then what I know now, because in those moments, I would have sat in the woods and contemplated my, you know, my yes, existence, yes. I who know. I was and what I was about, I where know. I wanted to go. But it was just that, once again, that rat race. Yeah. And you're so rigid with the thinking, I got to make a living, I got to do this. And then yeah. the next thing you know, time goes by. But you're only doing these things just to slow down a little bit, not really get fully present with yourself. Yeah. And now I use nature for that so yeah. much more you know i slow down but the slowing down is to take a deeper look into self yeah. rather than just slow down for the sake of slowing down yeah
0: well i think it's safe to say we're we're both at a you know point in our journeys in our life that we are really into the meditative part of living yeah you know we've learned that we you know didn't have that opportunity you know to experience that when we were growing up you know um or in our twenties or thirties, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: you know, but our forties, you know, have been, you know, completely different. You, know, you were thirty nine, and I was thirty six right? yeah. when we first got yeah. together. Um, so we were getting there, you know. And um, it meditation has brought so much happiness to my life. It's mm. really brought so much clarity. It's brought so much peace. Um, I definitely feel like I need to save more space for yeah. it. You know, yeah. if anybody was to ask me. Um, that's what I would say, you know, it, it really is so important, you know, I've gotten on rolls, I don't know how many days I've done, um, and then I fall off, yeah. you know, and then sometimes a week will go by or more. Um, one good thing that we started doing recently that is meditative and is really uplifting in nature is our gratitude journals every yeah. day. Yeah. Um, we've been doing it for what, maybe a couple weeks now? Yeah. Um, It's been going really good. We just, we both write down three things that we're grateful for. Try to do it in the earlier part of the day, of course, um, just to kind of start out the day. Um, And it's been, it's been absolutely great experience.
1: Yeah. Has
0: it been that way for you too? I mean, how do you feel about
1: it? Absolutely. 100%. I feel that the, the gratitude journal really has me right out of the gate, Slow down, and take a look, you know, as I had said earlier about my mom, and this is that adaptation that I had, she would look at the newspaper and all the world is ending, yeah. and all the bad stuff yep. that's taken place, taking that brief moment out and stopping and saying, what am I grateful for today? So I don't look at all the bad things that take place because we can easily go down that road and everybody can fall into the victimization. The woe is me. My life is terrible. And, you know, when we talk to community, we're not in this alone. Yeah. But if we take that half, you know, if we take all it is is five minutes and it could be one word, three things. What am I grateful for? But if you take that one word and just take another five minutes, and sit in that word and break it down as to exactly why you're grateful it really sits deeper inside yeah, the soul
0: yeah the times that i you know sometimes i'll do it you know just you know little short sentences and sometimes i'll be a little bit more depthful and creative with it and um, it's been a lot of it's been a lot of fun it's definitely brought me happiness and it is just you know pretty much getting present with yourself for just a couple of minutes it doesn't take long at all um, but it's definitely made a huge difference. So it's something I wanna stick with. You know, I've always done a gratitude journal, but this is the first time in a long time that I can remember doing it every day. Yeah. You know, um, making it, you know, very specific to every day. And I'm hoping that I keep that up. Definitely works. Um, you know, and I do feel like it's a uh it's a very um easy and um, you know, it's a it's an easy thing to do for you. It doesn't take much time and yeah. effort to really make the biggest bang for your buck, yeah, so to say, yeah, like, you know, to really yeah. make the biggest a simple
1: difference. task yeah. to make your day start off in a positive mood, yeah. you know, and then, you know, that other aspect is taking those words that you write down because they're coming to your mind for a reason. And sitting with them. Meditation doesn't have to necessarily be a specific pathway or a journey. Taking those words and breaking them down inside of your own head and really getting deep. You know, as I've said in the past, you know, my emotions were on a surface level, a superficial, not realizing how depthful those emotions are. You know, they all have roots that go down into your core. And when you sit with things like that there, you really get a greater understanding of who you are and what you're about, what makes you tick. Mm. And once again, that control, that rigid grip on things really blocks that vision to be able to see what makes you feel good, what makes you really want. You know, you asked me a simple question earlier about how I want to be loved. Ooh, Oh, being and vulnerable. it was one of those for things of that <laughs> I could not come up with an immediate answer. Yeah. I could not come up with an immediate answer because I accepted everybody's love for what they gave me. Yeah. That cloning and that people pleasing because I don't really connect deep with self. I, yeah. I haven't meditated or really sat here to say, Tim,
0: yeah,
1: what is love to you?
0: Mm. That's so beautiful, though. And I'm glad that you, when I did, you know, propose that to you, um, that you gave me the answer of that you're sitting with it, that you gave me such a lovely communication about how you felt. Um, Actually, when I first asked you, it was yesterday and you kind of told me, you know, a little bit, but it was like a very quick kind of interaction. So I brought it back up this morning just for full disclosure and said, I didn't really feel like we made the full connection on it. And I had brought up something that I thought about, you know, about what I do and what you had said originally. And that's when you got in that, you know, more depthful place and, and gave me that more, you know, depthful answer. And I thought, wow, that right there, that's it
1: that's it right
0: there and we made that real strong connection the two of us um so i love that i love that you can be so self-reflective and 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 verbalize that yeah um and i'm gonna be here whenever you figure it out just knowing that i care and that i want to
1: and it's so beautiful be
0: there in that way yeah you know um Wow. Okay. Well, this was a great podcast. I yeah. guess we'll we'll start to tie it up since we have a ton of things to do. Yeah. <laughs> Got to get back into the rat race. <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, so it's that that part of, you know, is that being selfish if you're taking time to meditate and connect with self, what you're actually doing is giving back mm. to the people that are around you. Man, that you know, is such a good You think about like that, that mask on the plane. They never tell the parents to put the mask on their kids first. They yeah. always say, put that mask on yourself first so that you have the ability to be there to be to be there for your kids yeah um, and and that is that part or be there to help other people who might need you know might need your help but if you're not in a good place and you're not stable or steady or grounded in self it's very hard for you to be there for other people
0: yeah no I mean that is that is a great point and definitely could be a, a future podcast
1: yeah yeah <laughs>
0: um I don't know what we're gonna do next week's podcast on um and we should have a bunch of free weekends in a row. So we shouldn't be taking any breaks anytime soon, although you never know what's gonna yeah, come up, so that'll yeah. always be. But um, one thing that we, you know, were working on recently was um, was it emotional manipulation. Yeah. Emotional manipulation. That was a big one that I had written a lot about. Um, and then the other one that we really have to get into, and maybe we'll do that one next week. I don't know, Tim, we'll see how our week goes. If we could do some, some writing on it and some research, but the IFS, internal yeah. family systems. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: this was, this was actually going to be our last two weeks ago podcast. And then we ended up having a bunch of things come up and we didn't get here. So, um, we kind of put it on the back burner. But funny enough, when we were watching Dr. Garber, Mate- you know, uh, Matele's, um, Last night, yeah, he brought it up, yeah, in yeah. the you know in the YouTube uh, that we were watching and saying that he had just gotten together with Dick Schwartz and you know that he really liked it and he started explaining it and I was like, man, if he's talking about it, because Tim yeah. and I had picked up on it a little ways back, maybe last year, and then we started doing parts work and um, it's been so helpful for our relationship, yeah. man. I mean, it's really real, really helpful. It's
1: a real deep recognition, and once again, it goes into the. Meditation and connecting with self. That throughout your life you have different protectors, and without really sitting with self and getting to know who you are, you don't know what those protectors necessarily yeah. are. Yeah, not all bad. Yeah, you know we got really think think to really. It's just just think of like
0: your insides being an internal family, and them just all squabbling. Yeah. Some of them liking each other, some of them don't. Some of them have different perspectives, and you yeah. know when when you think about a situation, and I'm sure this happens for most people, if not all where one part of you feels one way and one part of you feels another. Yeah. You know, um, it happens really all the time. You yeah. know, my girlfriend was just spending a lot of time with her family and, you know, she gets so excited for them to come. I mean, so excited. And then they're here for like a week. And when, you know, they're here after a couple of days, it's like, she starts to feel like oh she can't wait till they leave because she's tired and she's running and and then as soon as they leave you know she feels sad so like there's this part of her that wants them to come back because she knows she loves them and she loves spending time and then this other part of her that's like no stay away for another year you know so when you think about how many parts of you you know and you're feeling this you know different things sometimes completely opposite things at the same time. That's the idea of the internal family systems. And I mean, it can go, it can go pretty deep, you know, Um, like you were speaking of with the protectors. And, you know, I like just recently thinking, you know, kind of getting in touch with some of my firefighters. I have a lot of firefighters putting out fires. And it's just funny because now as I'm living my life and I'm using a firefighter part, I actually recognize it in my head and I give myself a little chuckle like, Oh man, you're just, you're just firefighting right now. You're just putting out this fire, this part of you that's afraid or that's, you know, it's just like that routine or that habit that I'm used to just putting out the fire because I'm afraid of either confrontation or I'm afraid of my feelings or I'm afraid of the other person's feelings. Um, you know, being that relationships aren't my strong suit. You know, think, those firefighters are out
1: in me all yeah. the you know time. and i think that's going to be that will be a great follow-up to this podcast because okay. a, you know with me a lot of those protectives really don't serve the purpose that they're needed they were needed for back in the day yeah and i didn't realize that yeah and the only way that you are going to realize that is by meditation yeah. and connecting with self yeah so we just got done having a great Great podcast on talking about meditation and connecting with self yeah, and really yeah. getting into that. And then now what we can do is we'll get into the protective parts of right, the IFS, All right. internal family systems. All right. We're so putting we it on
0: our on agenda. It. We're going to work on it this week and, um, and then we'll come to you guys next week and um, talk about IFS, internal family systems and parts work. Um, it was great coming back here. It's always great sitting down with my awesome loving husband, my wonderful Tim and um always great to talk to you guys bring our feelings here bring the work that we do in our relationship to this podcast um it's it's meant a lot to us and we really get a lot out of it and we hope that you guys too
1: and it has been an absolute pleasure sitting here with my beautiful asking me time and time again what (laughs) she can do to show me more love and man does she show it and i could not be happier i am so truly blessed thank you honey and thank you everyone so much for listening and being part of our journey and hearing what we have to say on these podcasts Mm -hmm. and you know once again shoot an email any questions or anything like that we're here for feedback
0: definitely see you guys soon take
1: care Thank you for joining us soon. Jed and I look forward to sharing more of our healing journey with you.